Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Lagoon Wong. I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me is our special guest. It is Adam and Eva of the Burgundy and Gold Report. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Hey, ATTR, man. Thanks for having me on again, man. <laughs> no worries. No worries at all. All right. So we uh, it's always great to have you on. I actually thought about going on with some, uh, some special... Uh, uh, some special theme music here for you. So tell me what you think about this. I'm, I'm trying this out because you're on here so, so often. Here you go. I like it. Yeah. How's that, huh? There you well, go. special theme music for Adam. <laughs> there you go. Burning gold report in the house. All right. So, okay, listen. Um, I, I have to ask you this, Adam, because we talked about this before last time. Uh, you know what week this is, right? This is actually the week that Star Wars Rise of Skywalker is coming out. Are you are you going to go see the show? Are you uh, one of those guys? Um, I, I don't know. I've I've heard you know it's something I definitely wanted to see, but I've heard a lot of a lot of leaks have come out, and a lot of people are already down on it. But you know, I'm one of those ones. I I, I see the movies, but I usually wait a little bit till it cools down. I'm not uh, the first opening week kind of thing. But yeah, no, I oh, definitely yeah. want to see it though for sure. I am definitely an opening week type of guy. I'm, I'm like, the more people there, you know, I like the noise, I like all the excitement and all this other stuff. People hate it when people, uh, you know, do all that cheering during movies. Cause obviously, no one can hear you, right, you're watching a movie. Right. Uh, I actually love that stuff. <laughs> but So, uh, it looks like, uh, so so I I just got to say that because of the fact that I'm just like, it's like the number one thing in my mind other than the fact that, you know, can the Ravens be beat at this point? When it comes to the end of the year, I don't think... I think right. the answer to that second question is probably no, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, so, hey, man, it's you and me again. Looks like uh, Ryan, unfortunately, can't make it on the show tonight. Last minute, real world uh, problem. Uh, he has a day job getting in the way of football analysis. So here we are again oh, talking yeah. about football. Hey, we got lots to talk about, though, because we're going to hit up our top five power rankings. And then we're going to discuss the best undrafted football, uh, best football keepers for 2020. And we're going to talk about Adam's draft board for the Washington Redskins and what other teams might benefit from all that. So we got lots to go. So let's get rolling. All right, Adam. So we've done this a number of times now, and uh, we get your power rankings once every two or three weeks. And since the last time you were on, things have definitely changed. So this will be interesting to me. Tell me, what are your top five power rankings sitting here today? Honestly, it's crazy. I'm looking at, you know, last time and today, just a little shakeup, not much. Ravens okay. still stayed at the top. Um, yep. You know, Jackson just looks unstoppable. Um, San Francisco, oh, yeah. although it was a nail-biter and, you know, they dropped Atlanta, it didn't really tell me that, you know, that they still don't belong in number two because I think they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs with that defense and that run game. Mm-hmm. So I still have them at two. Um, mm-hmm. I have Saints at number three, where I think I think I moved them one up uh, before because I think I had the Patriots at number three previously. Right. Um, Seattle stayed pretty firm at number four. I, I think you know they're definitely going to make some noise. But I had the like I said, I had the Pats drop off my top five and the prize team. Uh, you know, the last couple of weeks is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I had them move into number five, allowing only 45 points in the <laughs> previous four games. You know, their offensive team and everyone, the knock on them was that uh, the defense wasn't performing. But 45 right. points in four games, this could be a team that makes some noise in the playoffs. So that, that that's my five. Yeah, no, so that's really interesting because my, my five is close, but um, but a little bit different. So obviously the Ravens at the top. i got to ask you this question, though. Is there any 
quarterback that's just more fun to watch than Lamar Jackson. I just feel like he's just, even if you don't like the Ravens, or even if they're blowing out the Jets on a Thursday night, it's like I just can't take my eyes off the TV till they bench him. I'm actually upset when they bench him. I'm like, I want to see more of this yeah. craziness that he's doing. It's amazing, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm surprised that they kept him. They kept him in as long as he did. You know, I was them. You know, after know. that lead got built a little bit, I, I would have sat him down. You know, for the long haul. But right. no, he, he by far, it's not even close. You know, him and the the tandem, him and Ingram together. You know, I'm hoping yep. to see. You know, Hollywood Brown and McLaurin were my two guys coming into you know the draft last year. So I'm hoping to see a little more you know nope. Hollywood Brown because you know teams are going to start to lock. I think lock in when they start to get in the playoffs on that run game and you know yep. dedicating a lot more seven eight man fronts. But there's nobody there's nobody or more team more excited right now in the NFL than the Ravens. Yeah, no, not no doubt. And to say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I mean. I kind of feel your pain. You being a Redskins fan, I'm a Bears fan. Not a lot to look forward to this year. I, you know, I obviously had, uh, after a really slow uh, mid-start of the season there, I had no delusions that uh, Trubisky was the answer. So, clearly, we're in, we're in the same boat. Although, at least you have a quarterback that you have some faith in, and I might be going in the opposite direction. I will say right. this, though. I am happy they didn't sit Lamar Jackson because he's on my fantasy team. So, that was fantastic. <laughs> that was a great way to start the week. Let me tell you, it takes the pressure right. off from the weekend. No so after the Ravens at number one, I have the Saints at number two. I think they've managed to prove themselves uh, this past week. They really destroyed the Colts, but they hung in there, the 49ers, and the 49ers did get that win and probably one of the most entertaining games of the season. Uh, so I have them at number two. I have the Seahawks at three. I have the 49ers at four, falling down because of the loss to Atlanta. But I agree with you. I don't think it changes the overall um, uh, overall what they're going to be doing this season into the playoffs. I actually have the Patriots sitting around at five. It was a tough call because, you know, I, I do yeah. think the Chiefs are the better offense by far, by leaps and bounds. I do think that right. the New England Patriots defense is legit. So it was a tough call. I have Chiefs. If I had a six, it would be the Chiefs. Um, you know, obviously, I love the hate in the Patriots, but I kind of feel like with Bilicek there, uh, whether he's doing things legal or not, he'll find a way. And uh, sure. it always had, it turns to work out. It always comes up. Always comes up aces for the Patriots. So let me ask you this question. If you had a six, would it have been the Pats or would it have been the Packers or who would have fallen at six? It, 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 was, it was the Patriots. Like you said, to me it was real close. When I saw the statistic about the points allowed by Kansas City the last four weeks, that, mm-hmm. that brought them. I, honestly, I had the Pats at five, and that literally just dropped them to like 5B because, right. I, like you said, their defense, I still would take their defense over Kansas City any day. But I also keep an eye on, you know, when teams get hot. In the last four games right now, Kansas City, you know, other than Baltimore, you could argue Kansas City is one of the hottest teams in the league over the last four weeks. So that, totally. that's just a slim margin, you know. Yep. No, I totally agree with that. And now let me ask you the other question that's kind of differentiates our two line, our two top fives here. You have the 49ers at two, even though they had the loss to the Falcons. I have the Saints at two. I know the 49ers beat the Saints. But what do you see in the 49ers that you like better than what you see in the Saints? The defense, the deep, you know, I, of course, without a question, the Saints have the best uh, quarterback and receiver in Breeze and Thomas. But yeah, I think that, you know, defense is what's going to get, it, it's going to be the determinant factor when we get into the playoffs. And I just think right. Saints are kind of an up and down. And even although San Francisco lost, they didn't give up that many points. So I right. still think that that defense, that running game, that'll carry them. And, and again, just like the Chiefs and Pats, is a slim margin. I could have put Saints at uh, number two, but um, yeah, it, they're just narrowing them out, and it, it, the tie goes to the defense for me with San Francisco. Right, right. So a little bit of movement there, 
Uh, probably not much more moving into the end of the year, but um, yeah, it's going to no. be interesting. We're getting really, really close now, uh, and I'm getting excited about the playoffs. Uh, and I've adopted the Ravens as my team. I think I made that kind of public because I'm jumping on that bandwagon now because I got otherwise <laughs> nothing to cheer for <laughs> right now. Right. All right. right. Yeah. So some good stuff there. Power rankings always moving around. I think we're going to see a little bit of stability now on into the rest of the season. So let's go ahead and ring the bell and move on to our next topic of the day. We're going to be talking about fantasy football. So some of us are in our fantasy football championship games. Some of us lost in the semifinals to Ryan. If he was here, I'm sure he would give me a hard time about it. Lost by three points. That was really rough. Some of us never even made the fantasy playoffs, but it's never too early to think about 2020 in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues. And you might as well start thinking now in case you need to head over to the waiver wire to put them on your roster before the end of the year. So we're going to discuss our thoughts on the best undrafted fantasy football keepers for 2020. Now, clearly, we weren't in your draft, so we probably don't know who was drafted or undrafted in your particular league. And perhaps Darren Waller's uh, mom was in your draft, so who knows? Maybe he was drafted first overall. But our purposes, <laughs> for our purposes, we're going to be talking about players that were outside the top 20 QBs, the top 50 running backs, top 50 wide receivers, or top 12 tight ends in Fantasy Pros ECR preseason consensus rankings. You can find that over on fantasypros.com backslash football backslash cheat sheets backslash rankings. So let me start uh, with some popular, more popular targets throughout the year. And I know this is important to some of our listeners because I got a bunch of uh, emails and DMs and stuff about this question. People at the end of their season now thinking about, well, who do I want to keep? Who do I want to drop? You know, I'm, I'm making a run. I'm going into the either championship game or a semifinal. Uh, do I want to keep this guy uh, as a dynasty or keeper league target for 2020? So here are a couple of the people that were kind of came up in that discussion and who qualify for our requirement of being an undrafted player. So let's start with DJ Shark. Second round pick in 2018 by the Jaguars out of LSU. Had a breakout season this year. It doesn't matter who's behind uh, center. It could be Nick Foles. It could be Gardner Minshew. Has a little bit of an injury now, uh, but he's probably coming back. Looks really good. Looks legit. What are your thoughts on DJ Shark? Oh, yeah, definitely. Coming into the draft last year, I had him on uh, my big board receivers. I He's he's actually done better than I expected him to with the, considering the quarterback situation. So, you know, going forward, to me, he's he's definitely somebody I'd have on my team because I think he's, regardless of the matchup, I just think he has the intangibles to, you know, put up big numbers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. And he has so far 67 receptions on 106 targets uh, at 956 yards. He's projecting to go above 1,000 yards by the end of the season, eight touchdowns. Uh, it's a pretty good season. It's a pretty good season for him. I'd, I'd say right now um, he's definitely one of those guys that I might even target in the first three or four rounds easy as my wide receiver too. So let's go on to the next guy. And I know you probably have a lot to talk about with this guy because you probably have an eye on mm-hmm. him from before into the draft and into the season. Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, third round pick this year by the Redskins out of the Ohio State University, having a great season, 51 receptions on 84 targets, 833 yards. He's tracking to about 952, just shy of 1,000, seven TDs so far this season. What are your thoughts on Terry McLaurin? I just think, you know, he's just one of those players that's just scratching the surface. One thing I loved about him when they asked him about the last game, you know, he put up 130 yards in the touchdown with a 26-yard per average on reception. Everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, you think, oh, that long touchdown, you know. 
he was actually the most excited he was, in which I wrote about coming to the draft, was the block he made on the Adrian Peterson run. Uh, mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson actually went, uh, you know, left on the handoff, and Terry McLaurin's run opened it up, and he actually reversed field and uh, went to the right side for the long touchdown. He actually was most proud of that. That's what I just love about McLaurin, and I love that about compared to him, any rookie receivers. You know, Brown, you know, the Brown brothers, you know, the Tennessee and Baltimore, all of them. Right, even if I wasn't a Redskins fan, it's just the McLaurin has the intangibles. I just love the way he runs routes, love yep. the way he tracks the ball in the air. And you know, although a lot of people, you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot more focus on him in the next two weeks. You know, we're talking about the Giants and Dallas. To me, those are two teams that don't scream, you know, great DBs. So even if they <laughs> shift coverage, you know, and they put more attention on him, I just think he's the kind of player that you are going to see more balls because I think this last game. We saw a little bit of what Kevin O'Connell can do in Washington. It was a clear difference, you know, going from, I think they were ranging from 70 to 80% running on first and second down. They totally reversed that against Philadelphia. And it definitely was a little tell that maybe O'Connell's getting a little more of the play calling. So I expect to see a lot more motions, a lot more things going on. I think McCorn, I think he's going to surpass a thousand, you know, not by much, but I think, you know, he's good for, you know, for the remaining two games. I see him going over 200 total yards, uh, you know, three touchdowns for the next two games. As far as, you know, the Redskins, I don't see wins, but I think I'm seeing enough from Dwayne Haskins that he realizes, you know, his top two targets right now are McLaurin and um, Sims Jr. And I think, you Mm -hmm. know, that's a really good player, you know, to keep an eye on, regardless if you think Washington is good or not, because I don't. (laughs) But I think McLaurin (laughs) is the kind of player that no matter the circumstance, he's going to make a big play. So, yeah, I, I really like him. It almost helps that they will be playing from behind uh, significantly. Uh, and, of course, right. the, that the running game is a little bit questionable right now. It's a little bit unclear how that's all yeah. going to part its way out into the next season. But I, I like Terry McLaurin as a, as a keeper or in Dynasty as well. I can see him being a third or fourth round pick next year. So that's uh, something to keep an eye on. Let's go to the next guy. And you actually mentioned this guy, Marquise Hollywood Brown, first round pick for the Ravens this year out of Oklahoma. He did have some injuries in the middle of the season. So his numbers don't pop out as much, but 43 receptions on 67 targets, 563 yards tracking to about 643 for the season, seven touchdowns on those touches. So so very efficient in terms of getting those touchdowns. Marquise Brown, what are your thoughts about him as a keeper or as a dynasty keeper? Yeah, like I said, you know, coming to the draft, you know, you know, him, McLaurin, and A.J. Brown were my, my top three guys. And I think, again, teams are going to start putting a lot more pressure on um, the Ravens' defense to run the ball. So I think you're going to see a lot more opportunities for Hollywood to gain one-on-one coverage. I don't think he's shown enough where teams are going to shift any coverage because those Ravens' tight ends are dangerous and they're feared. So I think a lot of the teams are going to be more concerned with that rather than, you know, the go routes and, you know, anything going deep. So I think that Hollywood Brown, he could probably have one of the best, you know, final two games for the rest of the year out of all the receivers in the league because I think Mm -hmm. you're going to see them open it up a little bit. You know, they could, you know, sit back a little bit considering, you know, they're pretty much locked in. But that just doesn't seem like Harbaugh Harbaugh style because if it was, I think he, he would have pulled Jackson out early. So, I think that they're pedal to the metal, and I think we're going to see, you know, definitely more uh, more commitment to the pass with, you know, teams, you know, uh, loading the box against Baltimore. So I, I think Hollywood, that, that, you know, next to McLaurin, that, that's a guy I, I would definitely have on my team going forward. 
Excellent. I, I totally agree with that. Let's get on to the next guy. So Anthony Miller from my Bears, second-round pick in 2018 out of Memphis, actually had a pretty good end of last season, and uh, but then kind of tapered off at the beginning of the season. For the first half of the season, was terrible. Uh, came on strong recently, now at 50 receptions and 82 targets, 649 yards, tracking to 742, only two touchdowns, his first of which is only two weeks ago. But looks like he's starting to turn the corner. What are your thoughts about Anthony Miller as a keeper? If he was on any other team, he'd be a thousand yard receiver probably already. I, coming out of coming out of Memphis, you know, I, I you know, I really, really liked him. I just thought that he's the client you know, when he came out a lot of people were just boxing him as a slot. I just love the way he plays the game and I think you can really move him all over the field, you know, get him in motion. Um, you know, if if I was the Bears, I would be innovative, you know, I would be doing jet sweeps, I would be doing whatever I could to get the ball in his hands cuz he's right. just dynamic. And again, he's just another kid just like Hollywood, just like uh, McLaurin that anytime he has the ball, a big play can happen. As far as the Bears, like you just said, you know, just like Washington other team, you know, the quarterback situation is concerning, but I think that the Bears have definitely shown more innovation, RPO, a la RPO, different things that they can do to get their receivers ball. So I, I think, you know, we he would be definitely somebody I would keep. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Maybe not as high as the other guys, but I certainly would keep him on my fantasy right. team. Let me get to the next guy who's been just breaking out huge in the last three games Darius Slayton, fifth-round pick out of, in 2019, so this year by the Giants out of Auburn, has just been killing it in the last couple of weeks. He just kind of came out of nowhere and really just, just killed it. Now, he did have some injuries at the beginning of the year, didn't quite start, start the year that way. Uh, so, you know, he had a little bit of a slow ramp-up period. He's, uh, he's a rookie, so who knows. But 44 receptions, 73 targets, 690 yards, and that's, you know, not even a full slate of games. Tracking for 789, already eight touchdowns. This guy's fast, and he looks like he's running some good routes. What do you think about Darius Slayton? Yeah, watch the Washington game this week because we just put another cornerback on IR. Um, so <laughs> it looks like, you know, Josh blowing coverage Norman it could definitely see some time. You know, they signed some guys off the street, but I'll find it hard to believe that, you know, one of those guys will um, get time over him. So, you know, between Slayton and Shepard, I think, you know, Manning's going to have a big day. He's actually the quarterback, I think, that's going to have one of the better days uh, this weekend, considering yeah, the they, way the, the defensive backs have been playing for Washington. It's just, it's just so up and down right now. With, you know, with our defensive coordinator, they have the talent, but they're just going to back off. And I think, you know, Eli Mann is going to eat the, the backfield up on in us. And I think between Slayton and Shepard, those are two guys that are really going to have some yards. And I think Slayton, I think Shepard will get more of the tension, you know, considering, you know, Ingram's what I believe I saw. He was, he was going to be, he went to IR. So I think right. that you're going to see Slayton probably get, you know, the lion's share of the load against the Redskins. So definitely Slayton. Yeah, and I and I love him. I'm sure that if you did get him on your team, you'd pick him up off waivers. He's probably gonna be really cheap to keep. And I love the upside here going into next year with Daniel Jones. Presumably, we'll see how that works out. Next, we got Nicole Hardman, second round pick in 2019 by the Kansas City Chiefs. He actually played a huge role at, near the beginning of the season because they had so many injuries between Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill. After they all came back. His role is a little more limited. But that being said, still 25 receptions, 40 targets, 508 yards, tracking up to almost 600 yards, six touchdowns in that time, and a brilliant kick and punt returner as well. What are your thoughts on Nicole Hardman? Yeah, my uh, my Burgundy and Gold Report correspondent, Paul, he actually, you know, turned me on to him, you know, way early in the draft process as, you know, a sleeper that we could see break out. And I actually wanted to see the Redskins pick him up. 
I think this guy against speed kills. I think he's just one of those guys that a Ty- Tyreek Hill kind of kind of player that you know you try to you know take away the long game from him and he's just going to eat you up in the short game. So he's right. definitely a dynamic type of receiver. You know something the NFL is going more towards. You know we'll see some more you know bigger bodies coming out next year. But I think you know the the small speed compact kind of players. I think they're the hot thing right now and I definitely think you know he's somebody that's going to put us some um some good numbers coming you know coming through the next couple of weeks for sure. Yep. Yep, most definitely. And into next year if they let Sammy Watkins go, you know, so oh, yeah. he could he's have gone. a very prominent role in that offense of obviously Patrick Mahomes under the center. Uh always a good thing if you're a wide receiver. Uh, you mentioned AJ Brown. He wasn't on my list, but tell me about that. What are your thoughts on AJ Brown if as a keeper? Oh, I, I again, I think I, I believe I had him as my number one rated coming into the draft last year. He's wow. just one, you know, all, all the attention went to his teammate, and a lot of people are still talking about Metcalf. I, I still don't. I, I see what Metcalf does, and, you know, I'll give him credit where he's due. I just, I was never high on him during the whole draft process, you know, based, most mostly due to his size. And I see a lot of guys that deal with injuries, you know, with, with that kind of body type. But I just think Brown is the do do it all kind of receiver. And again, you know, he's the kind of guy you could just move, slip screens, uh, jet right. action. There's just a lot of things you can do to him, with him. I think that Tennessee is kind of limited in a lot of stuff they're doing. They're not as innovative as some other teams. But okay. I think, you know, going forward, I think, you know, he's going to be their top guy, and he's definitely somebody that I would keep for sure. He is exciting to watch for sure. With that Tannehill guy getting a rebirth in Tennessee, right. unbelievable unbelievable right. uh the nfl any other wide receivers uh that you saw qualifying for undrafted and our under our definition that you want to highlight as a potential keeper or dynasty dynasty target yeah and i and i just mentioned my i think shepherd from the giants you know i think hmm. um i believe I'm, I'm not completely sure if he was on the list or not uh, previously but um i don't think he was i i just think Again, this is a great week for him, a great matchup with the Redskins. And I just think, to me, coming out, I wasn't sure if he was just going to be a pure number two. But honestly, I really can see him being the, the go-to target for Daniel Jones, you know, in the future. Just uh-huh. he does the little things, you know. He's the blocker, you know. Like, in the past, you know, receivers from, from Oklahoma and other schools have just been looked at as, you know, just go-route guys. But I think, you know, between him and Hollywood Brown, I think that they've really shown – that um, that offense that they that they're coming from allows allows them to do a lot of things in the NFL because again I keep saying to a lot of people the NFL is slowly changing to you know college concepts and Baltimore emphasized it Kansas City emphasized it with you know Reed and enemy I think you're going to see a lot more of that happen going forward so any team that has those kind of spread receive spread receivers offense. Those kind of guys, I think that they can do some real damage. And like you said, with Slayton, I feel the same way about Shepard. All right. So let's say that you have a fantasy team and you have all these wide receivers and you can only keep three. You got Shark, you got McLaurin, you got Brown, both Browns. You got Anthony Miller, Slayton, Hardman. Which of those top three? Which of those would be the top three that you would keep? I'd probably stay with the guys that I had coming into the draft process, which are, uh, you know, it's more about projection. You know, Shark is a guy, it's hard for me to leave him off. I have him, you know, at four. Um, But A.J. Brown, Hollywood Brown, and McLaurin, those are three guys that I think they're the future of the NFL. Those are the guys that we're going to see really 
be those dynamic type receivers that are the do-it-all kind of guys that you're just going to want on your team that are going to get you, you know, those points that you're going to see them being utilized in the run game, jet action, sweeps, you know, screens. That's what's killing me about Washington. As I don't see more of these screens because you just see anytime these teams run the screen, you know, it's usually big plays with these, you know, these compact quick receivers. So, you know, again, A.J. Brown, Hollywood Brown, and McLaurin, those, those would definitely be my top three going forward. All right, so good good ones there. Everyone keep that on your target list. If you have that type of luxury, those are the guys you should look to keep in your keeper in Dynasty Leagues. I'm going to throw out two tight ends real quick, and then I'm going to ask you to swing back and let me know if there's any other names that you want to throw out there as potential keepers from the undrafted list that we're talking about here. Darren Waller, man, oh, man, six-round pick from 2015 out of Baltimore, in, in Baltimore, <laughs> signed up the practice squad this year. 80 receptions on 103 targets, already 1,001 yards, three touchdowns. Wow, unbelievable. Tracking to 1,100-plus yards uh, on the season. And Noah Fant, first-round pick this year by the, by the Broncos out of Iowa. Um, you know, he did have some injuries. He was kind of on. He's kind of off. Didn't do well with Flacco. After he got rid of Flacco, he's been doing quite well. 37 receptions, 62 targets, 548 yards, tracking up to 626, three touchdowns from him. Uh, wow. This, it, I, I love the potential, particularly with Drew Locke getting out there. So are there any other players that are um, you know, undrafted, quote-unquote, that you would uh, target as a, in your keeper or dynasty leagues? Um, one guy that actually I'm probably surprised some is I just think we're going to see more of it in, in Minnesota is, is Kyle Rudolph. I've never been a mm. huge fan of his, but mm-hmm. I just think with, you know, with uh, Diggs and Thielen, you know, garnering so much attention and now – um, you know, their run game is going to be definitely, hurt. you know, they're in trouble right now with their run game. So I think you're going to see, you know, Kirk Cousins being forced to open it up a little more. And if you ever, you know, watched him in Washington, you know, he was, you know, going to the tight end a lot. So I think that that's going to be somebody he's going to use for a safety blanket a lot. And I definitely think mm-hmm. at minimum we're going to see Rudolph as someone to watch in the red zone. But he's definitely someone I think we're, we're going to see put up you know, better numbers, uh, you know, going forward. Because, again, their run game is going to be limited now with the injuries. Yep, yep, a little bit of bounce back, perhaps for Kyle Rudolph next year. All right, well, let's go ahead and ring the bell on that, and let's get to our last topic of the day. Let's talk about your draft big board, because I know you're doing one, working on one for Washington. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a couple highlights from your draft big board for the Washington Redskins. Yeah, sure. It's, it's going to be released in, the, in, the, uh, in about a day or so. Uh, way too early skins top 25 big board. I like to do two big boards, one prior to the senior bowl combine and then one after mm-hmm. the, you know, the senior bowl and combine, um, you know, the, the, the top's really not going to surprise people, you know, Chase Young, he's saying that the plan quote unquote is to return to Ohio state. And I keep saying to a lot of people who are saying, well, he's off the board. So forget, you know, losing games for him. If he was going to return, he would say, I'm returning to to Ohio State. He wouldn't say the plan is. The plan is usually <laughs> like, let's see how things play out. And I think what I've said to a lot of people is once that they get a good, you know, an eye on the endorsement money and Nike comes calling, I think that in the end he'll change his mind. So it's no mystery. You know, he's going to be the top. And, you know, of course, everyone's talking about, you know, Jerry Judy. Um, he's mm-hmm. right now the cream of the crop. But the crazy thing is with Jerry Judy is as I've gone through the process and looked at other receivers, you know, more in depth, uh, CeeDee Lamb, and one particular guy that we talked on the show last time, which was Colorado's 
LaVisca Chenault Jr., who's actually uh-huh. starting to get some love from, you know, like Kuiper and all these other people. But, I, again, I've been talking about him all year because he's the uh-huh. kind of guy that you could – he was H-back, he was a quarter, he played in the Wildcat, he played every position. So those are some guys that I'm watching. Um, but two guys that I think that are going to be, you know, keeping it in the NFC East that, you know, let's, let's just take Young off the board and say he returns – is uh, Georgia's left tackle, Andrew Thomas, who's the clear-cut number one uh, tackle right now, and Clemson's linebacker of doing everything, Isaiah Thomas, who just can be moved mm-hmm. – excuse me, Isaiah Simmons, they can be moved mm-hmm. all around. I think those are two guys that, you know, interchangeable. We could see, you know, Washington and the Giants looking at those two um, as players that are instant impact day one starters. Um, but, again, everything is going to get shaken up if Young returns to Ohio State because – the first pick, is if, if, I think if Cincinnati loses next week, that's it. They're the clear-cut number one. And right. the Redskins game is in, against the Giants. I think it was three teams or four teams with three losses. So, theoretically, if Washington loses, they'll be number two or three. And if the Giants lose, they'll be two or number three. And, you know, with those guys, anyone knows what's going to happen. Um, and I, <laughs> I, this is not a mock draft. I don't, I'm not doing trade, just my big board. But, you know, I bring a lot of – I mentioned a lot of offensive linemen, other receivers, because I think whoever has the number two or three pick and Chase Young is returning to school, that's trade time. That's, you know, those are going to be teams that are going to be looking for, you know, uh, Oregon's Herbert. There's, you know, there's other ones. You know, a guy that I was really high on uh, before was uh, Love, the quarterback from Utah, but it was actually just announced today that he, him and two teammates were arrested for uh, – Oh, some drugs. It doesn't sound like marijuana to me. It's from what they're saying. It sounds like something else. So that's going to be big trouble for them. So I think that there's going to be quarterback desperate teams are going to be looking up to move to number two or three. So, you know, I'm looking to see a few trades in the top five. So if it's all about Chase Young. Chase Young is he might as well be the number one pick right now because Burrow is, you know, he's going to Cincinnati. So, you know, my big boards, especially with the Redskins, a lot of guys I spoke for the most part, it's very heavy on offensive linemen and receivers. And, you know, next to Thomas, uh, my offensive tackle after that is uh, Tristan Wirfs. Um, mm-hmm. He's been played right tackle and left tackle at Iowa. He's another guy that's just a mauler. Um, so I think, you know, between Georgia's Thomas and Wirfs, you know, there's the top two. But you've got a lot of cornerbacks in this draft, too. You know, a guy I'm a big fan of, too, is Jeffrey Akuda from Ohio State. I really think that he's somebody that you can, you know, Philadelphia – the Giants, Redskins are going mm-hmm. to target. So corners are going to be big, too. So in my opinion, uh, it's offensive linemen, receivers, and cornerbacks are going to be, you know, you're going to probably see more of those go that you have in previous years. But, again, uh, junior, all the juniors haven't declared yet. So a lot of things are going to be shaken up in, in, in the next few weeks, and it's going to start with Chase Young. Yeah, and it's uh, it's actually kind of funny, but it's, it's possible that all three, that three of the four NFC East teams may have top 12 picks. That's uh, <laughs> that is crazy. And new coaches. Yep. Oh, good times. Good times out there. Well, some excellent information. That's going to be out on the Burgundy and Gold report. Uh, that's going to be out soon, right? You said a day or two? Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll probably come out about in the next, like, 35, 40 hours. Yeah, just going through the final edits. And, uh, yeah, that'll be up on the Burgundy and Gold report.wordpress.com. And it'll also be on Twitter at the, at the BNG report. I can be followed. Fantastic. This is going to be good stuff. And then that's it. What's all the time we have today? Oh, my gosh. Always goes so fast. Let's pass. Let's go ahead and hit the horn on that. And thanks again, Adam, 
for joining us on the show. Always informative. Always a great time. Look at all this great information. Everybody go out and check out the Burgundy and Gold Report. Uh, there's some great stuff. Obviously, the big board being just one of the many awesome things that uh, Adam releases every week. So thanks again, everyone, for wasting time with us. Adam, I can't wait for you to come back on the show now. It's almost like you're my co-host at this point. Because no you've doubt. been on the show Always four times. I guess he's been four times this year, hasn't been? <laughs> At least yeah, four give times. Me, give, me a, give me a couch and a beer, man. I'll be here all the time. <laughs> if I could just send one over to you, I'd do that right now. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Again, thanks to Adam again. And until next time, everybody, enjoy your NFL week. <laughs>